going on, everyone? This is your host, Nick. Welcome to the podcast, AI Buzz, where we talk about some really cool things that are happening in AI. Um, There's always a ton going on, and I'm really excited to start this. Uh, Today, I want to talk about some really cool things, some news out of Alibaba, uh, Facebook, OpenAI, some of the top tech companies, some of the top pioneers in artificial intelligence, Let's get started. Really cool news out of Alibaba. They introduced a new neural processing unit. Um, It's called the Hangguan 800. They have it deployed in their cloud platform. So they're going to be using it, actually they're already using it, to do tasks internally, such as search and recommendations. Um, They think that it'll optimize the user experience quite a bit. Currently what they do is they analyze a lot of the product photos and then they find similar photos. Um, So previously this would take them a long time. There's a ton of products on the platform. Um, They state in uh, press release, previously uh, analyzing the 1 billion images on the platform would take about an hour. With this new infrastructure, it takes just 5 minutes. So improving speed by about 12x. That's really impressive. These new chips are just really going to revolutionize things. You know, Google's working on um, tensor processing unit. Um, all these chips optimize for neural nets. Graphics cards are good, but if you can make something actually designed for neural nets, then it could be even better. So this uh, this new chip is is really cool and they're soon going to be introducing it to their cloud platform so users can actually tap into it and use it themselves. Switching over to new story, um, UK police and Facebook um, are partnering up to stop violence in live streams. This is a huge problem with the big tech companies. Um, you know, they all have these live streaming services. You know, almost everyone's going to be using it in not a bad way, but there will be a handful of people that will you know, do things and uh, essentially this came to light because there's a killing in New Zealand where actually dozens of people were killed and the entire event was live streamed and the event was up for over an hour and was viewed by millions of people before it was actually taken down so um, that's just terrible and Um, AI is actually a perfect candidate to be able to detect these things quickly and take them down. Um, You know, because right now there's no way humans can really watch these, flag them, and have the appropriate action taken. There's just too much content out there. So um, Facebook's partnering up with the UK police to actually have the UK police wear body cams while they do... Um, some shooting training and um, they're going to take that footage and then use that to get kind of a first-person shooter perspective and uh, you know use that as training data for their neural nets. Um, Facebook is also doing something similar with US law enforcement but there's not not many details released on that yet. Another pretty cool idea um, cool story. Uh, the Mayo Clinic, one of the most famous um, 
health clinics in the world. It's renowned for just having some of the top researchers, top physicians. They've entered into an AI partnership with the tech giant Google to um, try to accelerate breakthroughs in the medical field with artificial intelligence. Uh, tons of people visit the Mayo Clinic each year, over a million, and it's very diverse as well from 140 different countries. So what the partnership is aiming to do is use the huge amount of patient data that they're collecting from all these visitors and then use it to train a model and detect and treat you know, serious diseases. Um, both Google and the Mayo Clinic have vowed to release their findings and um, their models to essentially try to improve global health, which is awesome that they're doing that. That's one thing I love about a lot of these you know, big tech companies is they, while they are profit machines, they you know, will do anything to stay on top and keep their stock price going up. They really, a lot of times, can be altruistic and you know, a lot of times they'll release things open source or in this case release you know models and and stuff to essentially try to help people so that's really awesome that they're doing that um, Mayo Clinic's going to be storing all their data on Google Cloud and then Google's going to be analyzing this uh, with their analytics platform machine learning platform um, <clears throat> it's it's pretty pretty cool stuff oh also um, Google is releasing a new office uh, right next to the Mayo Clinic, right in Rochester, Minnesota. Um, so it's going to be really, it's going to be um, next door to the actual Mayo Clinic. Pretty cool stuff. Another thing I wanted to talk about that I think is wicked cool in the world of AI, I'm not sure how new this is, but it's called EmoNet. I came across this. It's essentially an AI that's been trained to understand human emotions. I don't think this is a, a breaking news story. I think this has kind of been around for a little while because uh, it was essentially m a modification of a previous neural net called AlexNet, uh, which is <clears throat> pretty much a uh, it's more, more general uh, image classification. And then these researchers and developers essentially took that and then trained it on you know faces and different emotions that uh, humans display, and it became really good at you know finding certain emotions. Um, some of the ones it was really good at classifying were sexual desire and horror. So up to 95% confidence in classifying those images. Um, much more difficulty identifying others. I guess it had problems with confusion and surprise, um, but it still did okay with those. It said it could consistently identify uh, or classify 11 different emotions. So that's pretty amazing stuff because, you know, that's kind of one of the, you know, we're, we're always taught like, you know, Machines won't entirely replace humans because, you know, machines can't understand emotions. They they just don't get it. There's they're, they don't get that human X factor that we have. Well, that's uh, that could be learned. <laughs> so uh, watch out.
Another, th another cool thing about this story was um, there's actually, um, it was really able to identify certain key visual features and images that correspond to each emotion. And they also had a biological component to the study. They used MRIs on actual humans and found that um, for each emotion there's certain patterns in the visual cortex of the brain. So emotions are actually processed in the visual cortex to some extent, uh, which is really cool. It's kind of a really cool article and paper, um, a combination of the machine learning plus some, you know, kind of real biology work as well. Really cool. Check it out. It's called EmoNet. Next up, we have a story out of the art history uh, world. This one's super cool. Um, so one of the most famous Picasso paintings, which is The Old Guitarist, check it out on Google, just do an image search. Um, it's iconic. One thing that is very obvious with this painting is that there's a faint image of a woman underneath the paint. Um, so it's very obvious to see this. And the reason that's there is because artists would often paint over, um, they'd often paint over earlier, you know, earlier work because canvas was so limited, you know, they wanted to cut costs and whatnot. So Picasso, in this case, must have painted over something, one, you know, one, one of these, uh, you know, this, this old woman. And um, everyone's curious to see what what was that original um, so this is a, a case where AI was used to essentially recreate what was underneath so the AI was trained on Picasso style paintings and used a style transfer it's a neural uh, style transfer approach so it was trained on a bunch of Picasso paintings and then this model was essentially transferred to an out that outline that they were able to find, and they were able to find that because they previously have been able to get more information on the outline by imaging it with x-rays and uh, I guess in infrared imaging. So that allows you to kind of see an outline, but of course there's no colors. Like it's not it's not like a piece of art. So they took this outline that they found with x-rays and infrared imaging. And they used they transferred this model that's been trained on similar Picasso not similar but Picasso style paintings, and essentially were able to recreate what Picasso had originally dreamed in Picasso's style. Um, some really cool work and how AI can be applied to like just about anything. It's awesome. Check out the uh, check out the, the images of this. Uh, online it's it's really cool oh this one's cool so intelligent robot surgeons so something that's been going on for a long time which is truly amazing 
um, you know, it actually doesn't involve AI, but just the world of robotic surgery. Um, you know, machines like the Picasso, or not the Picasso, the Da Vinci, another uh, <laughs> another famous artist. Um, the Da Vinci, you know, has been around for quite some time and essentially allows surgeons to stand in another room entirely and perform extremely precise procedures on humans. Um, you know, vastly more uh, vastly more precise than a, than a human. So just amazing where medical technology is going. Um, you know, but currently Da Vinci is required to be, you know, essentially moved by a human. So while a human isn't directly doing the operation, a human is controlling it. Um, that could change in the future. Um, there's a, some researchers at Boston Children's Hospital. I guess they're trying to essentially take a similar robot to the Da Vinci and train it to perform some of the more boring tasks that... Um, you know, train it to perform some of the more boring tasks that surgeons, uh, you know, perform. I guess suturing is really boring. I guess surgeons do not like suturing. It's interesting. Hey, I guess that would get kind of boring. You know, it's it's literally sewing, sewing just something besides cloth. So, suturing and valve repair are considered to be very repetitive and boring tasks for surgeons to complete. So they want to actually automate these parts. Um, so if you if you can have this this um, you know if you can perform enough of these operations and kind of have an uh, AI be watching these, um, foreseeably, it makes sense that you could train it to actually take over and um, you know just that's pretty sweet. So I guess they're calling it the Smart Tissue Autonomous Robot. And they actually um, uh, have found, even so far, that it can place sutures more uniformly and more resistant to leaks than real specialists, real surgeons. So it's it's already it's already doing well. This isn't like a, a futuristic type of thing. They're already performing better than specialists. So. <clears throat> Really can't wait to see where medical technology is going to go in the next uh, couple decades. Here's a here's a cool story. Switching to Tesla. Tesla, love talking about Tesla. Tesla is such an innovator in AI. Elon Musk doesn't give a shit about regulations. <laughs> you know, he's trying to push autonomous cars into the market like today. Um, <clears throat> this is pretty cool. They they purchased, and this is kind of is kind of a quiet acquisition. They purchased DeepScale, um, and it's supposed to help their self-driving AI technologies. And um, they think it's going to help them with their uh, you know mission to go autonomous. I guess their specialization is being able to do. Um, neural network computations um, with essentially very low wattage processors, so they're able to do neural net computations very efficiently. So you can use low wattage and get great results. 
and it was kind of funny. Everyone found out about this acquisition, not from like either company, but the CEO of DeepScale posted on uh, Twitter. He's like, "I joined the Tesla team this week," and like that—that that was all that really came out. And then um, I guess some some news agencies reached out and said, "So what happened?" And he said, "Yeah, we got bought." <laughs> so that was how everyone found out about this acquisition. Elon Musk's Elon Musk there's only one wish we had more It'd probably be a good thing um, he's got this awesome plan that is really going to change transportation I think he wants to essentially turn Teslas into a network of autonomous taxis so every Tesla that's out once it's fully autonomous you know Say you say you buy a Tesla, it's autonomous. When you're asleep, why have it sit in your garage? That could be driving people around, potentially earning you money. So he wants to have a network of these taxis on the road, uh, which is really cool to think about. There's a really cool startup. Yeah, it's a startup. Uh, it's called Streamlet. And it's an early startup. It's secured about $6 million. They have this product that I was checking out that is really going to make machine learning app development more easy, more simple, more simple. So this, I, I, was, I was playing around with it. Um, essentially, you can, you have these, these Lego blocks of, app development combined with machine learning and you can kind of slap them together um, and it also really allows rapid prototyping as well so when you're when you're coding you actually can see a live output of what you've made um, without having to mess around with any sort of uh, you know web framework like HTML JavaScript all that junk you know that's that's really how you build something quick is rapid prototyping, you know, not messing around with all the, the formatting, making sure everything's perfect, you know, getting a prototype out, testing it, getting a proof of concept. So Streamlit is really simplifying that for machine learning applications. Um, there was one pretty sweet example they used. There's a, a data set for from Udacity uh, for self-driving cars. Um, so it's you know footage of, of you know people driving, and they were able to run kind of an object detection in real time with this this footage in less than 300 lines of Python code. So that's a tiny program um, to be able to do something that complex. And in that program, the uh, Streamlit library was called just 23 times. Um, so as we get more uh, companies like this into AI, it's going to just accelerate how fast we can build AI apps. And that's, that's really cool. Speaking of developing uh, AI apps, this is, this is really huge news for everyone in AI machine learning. Um, TensorFlow 2.0 has been released. Um, so really... 
everyone who's uh, building neural networks has come across TensorFlow. Um, even if you're using something like Keras, it's it run it can run on a TensorFlow backend. So you know you're not dealing in TensorFlow directly, but you know Keras is t is you know working with TensorFlow. TensorFlow really powers just so many um, machine learning applications. It's ridiculous. Um, so some of the main improvements here: uh, speed enhancements, um, optimized performance on some of the the top GPUs. I guess the Volta and the Turing-based uh, GPUs. Uh, they're saying it can increase performance. Is very pretty vague on what they mean by performance, but you know. They stay up to a 3x performance uh, running on certain GPUs. So really optimizing uh, neural net computations for GPUs in this latest release of TensorFlow. Um, so some other things, they, they release TensorFlow datasets. So that allows you to kind of hit the ground running with these cool training libraries, the TensorFlow datasets. Um, oh, this, I love this. TensorFlow.js. So they're you can actually be running TensorFlow in JavaScript. So you can you can have your client, you know, you can do client-side machine learning. Why pay for AI operations yourself when you can have some noob running a neural net on grandma's computer? You know, you know, grandma grandma could be running a, a neural net when she visits a web page. So pretty sweet. TensorFlow 2.0 um, come came out this week. Um, cool to see where this goes. You know, everyone's building on TensorFlow 2.0. Um, really can't wait to see. Just so excited. I'm so happy I started this podcast because I need an outlet for talking about AI. I, I freaking love this stuff. I listen to every interview. I listen to every podcast. I think about it all the time. And I don't know, for whatever reason... I don't have, you know, no one wants to listen to me talk about this all the time, <laughs> which I don't blame them for. But, um, you know, why not turn to the internet and force you guys to listen to my ramblings? Perfect, right? All right, well, my last story for this episode, I thought this one was wicked cool. So it's a startup called Sampley coming out of MIT. This guy named Justin Sweeney um, started. He, he, this is crazy. He's a chemical engineering PhD candidate, but he started this uh, machine learning startup uh, called Sampley, and it's going to essentially help music producers choose certain samples out of a uh, you know like a, a library of samples that they've recorded to find the best one. You know, I don't I don't have a ton of experience in, in creating music, but it you know, I'm sure it's extremely time consuming to really find everything that mixes and meshes well together. Uh you know, this guy I guess uh wants to use machine learning to, to speed that up, so he's essentially applying a neural network to analyze waveforms of the different audio bits that he records. And finds the optimal one that'll that'll mesh well with um, other audio. So the output is um, it's a it's an interactive plot, 
and it'll it, it's kind of a clustering thing is my understanding um, ones that are, are clustering close together you know will mesh well together something that's stuck out in the uh, the wild west on a on this plot you you don't want to be mixing that in with everything else that's gonna stick out like a sore thumb um, so it's pretty cool that he's you know he's applying neural networks to this and trying to really optimize the music production world. I think that's awesome. So, you know, a computer can listen to all of these samples much faster than a human can. He's right about that. Um, this startup is certainly something to watch. On the MIT website, they say that uh, it's been accepted into the Elevate starter, or Elevate uh, Accelerator. Um, he's applying for seed funding, so we'd love to see Sampley get, you know, get more uh, more fuel and start really breaking into the music production world. That'd be really cool. Well, that's about all I have for this episode of AI Buzz. Um, hope you guys enjoyed my first episode. Um, really enjoyed just rambling for, let's see, about 25 minutes. Um, I will be back. This is pretty cool. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Nick, from AI Buzz, tuning out. <laughs>